0: I think it was last weekend, I think it was last weekend we preached about, um, was it, no, faith without works is dead, is what we preached last weekend. That was a great message, I preached my guts out, and I got home, and on my way home I got a text message that somebody was in need, and I went, wow, that's quick, and so I I had had lunch and and I got comfortable and I called this lady and she needed desperate help. And I tried to call people that could help her and nobody could go help her except me. And can I be honest with you as a church? I struggled because I was right there at a Sunday coma. You ever been right there? At the moment of coma, I'm, I'm in my fat pants, my fat shirt, and I'm sitting in my recliner. Okay, the mood's right. The kids are calm. Perfect conditions. I'm like, Lord, this is you. I mean, this is you, Lord. I need to, st- I need to rest, Lord. I, I can't go help somebody. And, and I just kept hearing my own message preaching in my head. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. I remember everything that I told you that day while I was sitting there wrestling. And I had to get off my blessed assurance, throw my air compressor and a few tools and grab my son in case I needed to crawl underneath the house. He could do that for me. You see, I wasn't going on this mission alone. And we went and we served this lady. Yeah, don't don't feel too good about me. I, I, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed at the fact that I wrestled so hard. Can I just be honest with you? And so I, I, the reason I say that is because James has been great, but James has been aggravating. Let's just be real. It's been aggravating. It's getting me out of myself. And you know what? The word of God should do the same thing to all of us, right? It shouldn't mess us up. Right. It shouldn't mess us up. It should cause us to do something incredible. So for the last couple of weeks, just to remind you, in case you forgot what we've been talking about, we've been talking about trials and temptations. Anybody been through a trial and had a few temptations? We've been talking about listening and doing. Anybody had a hard time listening? You better raise your hand. She's sitting next to you. We talked about prejudice. Anybody have a chance to be prejudiced? Against somebody? Come on. We talked about dynamic faith and how faith without works is dead. And so here's the crazy thing. That when you learn something from God, when you learn something from his word, or you learn something that he wants you to do, just get ready because you're about to do it. He ain't going to let you sit long. Right? Because what happens when we sit too long? May we forget. Oh, you said that? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot, right? So when you learn something, get ready to put it into practice. And so today we're talking about the tongue. You felt a little set up? I didn't even mean to do that one. We're talking about the tongue today. Today we're talking about taming the tongue. Let's just have a little confession time this morning. Anybody ever say something stupid? Just raise your hand. Come on. I'm looking to see who hasn't raised their hand. Okay. A couple of you had two hands up. I should have been that. Let me ask you another question. Have you ever gone to say something and you heard that voice say, Don't say it. No, don't say it. Please don't say that. And you're saying it and you're going, No, no. You ever do that? Man, it's like, what's causing me to say it? But I hear the voice, right? The voice that says, shh, shh, no, no, go there, don't." No. That's going to happen to me now. I'm going to be tempted to tell you an embarrassing story about one of my family members. And I'll probably just go ahead and say it if it comes up. But today we're talking about taming the tongue. And so Pastor James has been, is is talking to the church about controlling their tongue, taming their tongue. This is a really interesting message because 14 times in the book of James, you hear the word words, speaking, or tongue. James is, he's on his church. He's on his congregation about what they're saying. You remember in the first message four weeks ago, he said, be quick to listen and slow to speak. speak. You realize your mouth can shut, but your ears can't, right? Your mouth was designed to shut and your ears weren't designed to shut. I think God's telling us we need to do more listening than we need to do speaking, right? So James is talking about no other place in the Bible does it talk about the tongue as much as it talks about it in James. And so James is an incredible book. It's incredibly practical. I mean, this is everyday life stuff we've been talking about, right? I mean, there's there's really not been any kind of a deep message, any kind of a super spiritual message. It's just been real practical things that you can take and apply to your life now. How many of you would say, I need that? Good. Half of you. Let's go to James chapter three, starting at verse one. I want to read this to you. I'm just going to read through the whole 12 verses. It says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church for we who teach will be judged more strictly. I don't like that verse. Indeed. We all make many mistakes for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Did you catch that? If you could control your tongue, you could be perfect. Verse three, we, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. That's pretty strong. Your tongue is evil. Starting to make sense why you need to keep your mouth shut, right? Verse 7 People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Isn't that amazing? Lost my spot. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out of fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Wow, that's pretty crazy, right? I mean, that's like, come on, man, you serious? My tongue is on fire and is full of evil. And out of my mouth comes blessings and cursings. But isn't it true? Isn't it true? I mean, in one moment you can speak life and then in the next moment you can kill it with death. It's funny. There's a, there's a verse in Psalms says this and I think it's kind of a funny verse. Though you may not think it's funny, Psalms one forty one three says, "Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips." This is a prayer. Take control of my of my of take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Let me break that for for you. Let me break that down for you real quick. That's kind of like, "O Lord, help me to keep my mouth shut." You ever needed to pray that? Lord, have mercy. Help me to shut my mouth. Or maybe you prayed, Lord, have mercy. Help them to shut their mouth. If you're sitting next to that person, don't say yes. You might get that elbow back. But that's a good prayer to pray, right? Lord, help me with my tongue. I got to learn how to keep my mouth shut. You know, it's funny. You can tell people that talk a lot by their text messages. Yeah, when you hear bling, bling, bling. And that's all the text messages coming in. You go, that's when you should have called, right? I mean, you're wearing your thumbs out. You're going to get arthritis in your thumbs or something. Let me give you a few examples. A chameleon's tongue is twice the size of its body. Did you know that? A blue whale's tongue weighs the same as a Ford truck. That's a big tongue. You bring that over here, they're going to cook that up in a sauce and a gravy, and they're going to feed the whole village, right? But a blue, blue whale's tongue weighs as much as a Ford truck. Get this. Our tongue only weighs 30 ounces. But our tongue that only weighs 30 ounces can cause mass destruction. Right? Here's another fun fact for you. A woman's tongue is one inch shorter than a man's. Somebody got that one wrong. I'm just telling you, I'm trying to figure it out, but somebody got that one wrong. I don't care what you say. That, that thing's always moving. <laughs> I'm leaving as we pray. <laughs> That's crazy. Number one, the tongue is, a, is small but disproportionately powerful. The tongue is small, but disproportionately powerful. It's a, it's so small, but so powerful. It has great influence over the world around us. James gives us a blueprint of how we need to use our tongue and how we need to not use our tongue. It's so small. Stick your tongue out and look at your neighbor. Hopefully you brushed your tongue. Anybody? Anybody not brush their tongue? Raise your hand if your neighbor didn't brush their tongue. I'm picking. But your tongue is so small. But what you got to get is that it is so powerful. James says it can control your life. It can cause your destination to either come to pass or come to fail. Wow, It's disproportionately Powerful. So let me give you a few examples that James gives us about the tongue. The first one is the tongue is a bridle. I mean, if you are just thinking about the Kentucky Derby. You ever watched the Kentucky Derby or any kind of horse races? Anybody ever been to a horse race? You, have you ever been next to the horse when he's getting ready to go to the gate? And I mean, he's just like his muscles are just like, ju- ju- ju-. it's like he's all juiced up. He's just, ju- ju- ju-. And he's walking he's flexing. and You're like, Oh, Lord. And what's crazy about the, the horse is that he's at the gate. And I mean, now he could take the gate out. He's a 3,000 pound animal that could take the gate out. But what's funny is, is there's a 100 pound man or woman sitting on top of him. Determining the direction that he goes. With a five inch metal bit in his mouth. That 100-pound jockey on that 3,000-pound steroid-injected full-on powerhouse can make it turn, can make it run slower, can cut it loose and let it go as fast as it can go. Isn't that crazy? So is the tongue. James says your tongue is like a bridle. It can determine the direction for your life. How many of you ever grew up or how many of you grew up around negative people? How many of you grew up in a dark, cloudy environment where there was very seldom a good word spoken? Isn't that crazy? I mean, don't you see the difference now when you come to a place? Hopefully here at church where you come and somebody says, hey, you're looking good this morning. I ought to put a little sunlight on what you're seeing, right? I ought to brighten up your clouds some. But James says the tongue is powerful. And with our words, we can change the tone of a room. Do you know that as God's children, you're called to walk into places and change the tone to change the atmosphere? Do you know you can go to your family reunion with all them hoodlums and you can change the tone? I'll tell you this much. Every time we go to Cheryl's family, one particular part of the family. It's always a demonic fight. It's always a spiritual battle. And when we show up, I don't know why. Well, I know why, but we show up. Tones change. Attitudes change. You with me? And listen to me. It's supposed to be that way. You're supposed to walk into a room as the most powerful person on the planet. With the most powerful thing on earth, your tongue and change the tone of the room. Some of you may have not known that today. And I just want you to know that you have the right to change the tone. Right? If you don't like what you're hearing, speak something different. Don't go in there and tell them what they can say and what they can't say. Go in there and speak something that you want to hear. You with me? They going to get it. They going to get it. Let me give you a few examples. Maybe you walk into a, a positive situation and you hear words like, man, you're awesome. You're beautiful. Daddy loves you. I'm glad to see you. Doesn't that make you feel good when you hear those words? I'm mean, kind of like, you get this little warm fuzzy inside. Man, you look good today. Oh, good. <laughs> you look like you lost some way. Oh, my goodness hadn't heard that one in a while (laughs) (laughs) then maybe maybe you walk into a room and it's negative and you hear words like shut up get out of my face I don't like you you don't make me happy anymore don't talk to me anybody grew up like that if that's you I just want to say I'm sorry I'm sorry you had to grow up in an environment like that but let me tell you something you don't have to live there anymore You don't have to repeat those words you were grown up with anymore. Amen. You see the change in the atmosphere, man, you're awesome. Shut up. There's a difference. So the tongue is powerful. The second example he gives us is the tongue is a rudder. If you don't know what a rudder is, a rudder is something that's under the water on the back of the boat that that the captain uses to steer the direction of the ship. So you may have 3,000 horsepower driving this big old ship, and you may only have a small rudder in the back determining its direction, right? It doesn't have to be very big. If you're in a canoe, you can take your paddle, and you can paddle... On both sides, right? Because if you stay on one side, you're going to hit the bank. So you got to go. This is a good free lesson, okay, for all of you that are going down the whiskey chitter. Just, you know, you can paddle, but if you get tired you can, and you're cruising, you can kind of steer it with your paddle, right? It's a rudder. It determines the direction. A cruise ship. How many of you have ever been on a cruise ship? If you've never taken a cruise, you at least need to go get on the boat. I don't like cruises personally. I, I, I won't probably ever do one again, but I was amazed at how big that thing is. I mean, you can get lost, like literally, and probably not get found, right? They're still looking for some people, but they're huge. And you know what? Now, today in modern times, you know what steers a, 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 a cruise ship is these little jet engines underneath the boat. So if they pull into a harbor and they need to go sideways, all the jets turn one way and and it pushes the boat into the harbor. But it's the same as a rudder. It's massive. And it's, it's directed by this little bitty thing called a rudder. Some of you are hoping to get to a certain destination in your lifetime. And the problem with you not getting there is that your tongue keeps misdirecting you. I'm going to say that again. Some of you are hoping to get to a certain destination. You've got goals. You might even have a vision or a word from God on where you're supposed to be. And you're trying to get there. But the thing that keeps changing is what you say. Your tongue keeps throwing you off course. You may, tr- you may want to get to Alaska. You may announce to the world that you're going to Alaska. But if your tongue ain't right, you're not going to get to Alaska. Right? You're going to end up at Pacorn Island. Right? Because your tongue misdirected you. And so for some of us as believers, God wants us to get to this great place in life. But the problem is, is we get stuck in this, this hole and we're in that hole because of one little bitty thing. Your tongue. Some of you, it's a roller coaster ride. You come to church and you hear life, you hear life, you hear life. Man, you can do this. God wants you to do that. Oh, you can go here. You can go there. And then as soon as you leave here, you're like, I don't believe that. That's a bunch. Pastor Jamie's just fluffing this up. Oh, that ain't nothing. I ain't got time for that. And, and it's like you've pulled the plug on your boat. And so you live on this thing where you kind of "ha, ha ah, ah, ha ah, ah, ha!" Ah. Right? Anybody ever been there before? And you know what? We want to blame the devil. We want to blame other people. We want to blame Pastor Jamie. And I didn't make those words come out of your mouth. right? Right? Just want to make sure. <laughs> so the tongue is directional. The third thing we see is that the tongue is a spark. He compares it to a, a spark. And you know how, how a lot of times, how many of you ever seen the side of the interstate burned? You know, that's typically from a little bitty old cigarette, butt. Because most people don't throw away a good cigarette. They throw away the butt. Right? So they flick it out the window and the grass is dry, rolls into the grass, all flamed up. And boof, Interstate's on fire and you're late for your meeting. Right? Seen a pickup truck burn the other day in Crowley. Somebody posted it on Facebook. This Chevrolet was just melting on the side of the interstate. Don't know why. It just was. But there was a spark somewhere. Mark told me a story today about a, a four wheeler in his house that caught on fire from one little spark. Evidently the carburetor was stuck and it was there were fumes around there and he puts the, the spark plug in and hits the the, the, the key and whoa. James says your tongue is like a spark. It can set a forest fire. You know, some of you are still struggling with what people said about you years and years and years ago. Right? Some of you can still hear their words in your head. I can. I can still hear words like you ain't going to amount to anything. You're lazy. You're useless. You're a mama's boy. That's what they used to say to me. I was a mama's boy. So I ended up getting mad and beating everybody up just to prove that I wasn't a mama's boy. But let me tell you something. I can still hear mama's boy today. And all it is, is a word, right? But it set a spark in my heart. It set a spark in my life that did damage. A simple spark in the forest can burn thousands of acres. You've seen them on TV, right? I mean, people losing million dollar homes to a flame that some idiot lit. Because he didn't put his, his, his little campfire out right or he dropped his cigarette or something. One little spark can destroy thousands of acres. And here's the tragedy is that it takes the forest years to grow back. Just like it takes a human years in most cases to get over what somebody said to them. Right? I mean, we used to sing that song, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That was a lie. Right? Because you're going to heal from some sticks and some stones quicker than you probably going to heal from some words. Amen? You can say something today that will destroy somebody for the rest of their life. If you're not careful. Now the opposite is true. That you can say something positive to somebody that can change the course of their life. Right? You can do that. Here's a crazy thing today with all of our technology, we got to learn how to control our thumb tongue. Come on, somebody. You thought I was going to let you off today. Some of you, (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I fought Facebook for years. Okay. I I thought it was the most demonic thing in the world. And I still, still hadn't made my mind up yet, but people say stuff on Facebook and I just go, really? Really? You ever get in a fight on a text message? <laughs> I mean, you'll have some of the dirtiest, downright dog fights on a text message. Why? Because you misunderstood what the person was saying because there's no emotion, right? There's no facial expression. Some of y'all put those little those little images and, man, that's cute, but they, they, don't send me that. That's just, but I'm like, I don't even, I can't, half the time I can't even see what they're doing. But so I'm making it a practice of not texting a serious conversation, right? And I would advise you to do the same thing, because even in this church, when we first got here, there was a few text messages, a few Facebook posts that went out that set all kinds of stuff on fire. Some of you remember that. Honestly, it was like a forest fire around here. Oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Oh, did you hear what they frozen on Facebook? Oh, my goodness. And I'm going, oh, God. And it's all because somebody couldn't control their thumb tongue. What's crazy is that today with technology, you can send a fire all the way on the other side of the world. I could text Pierre and set him on fire right now. I could text Pastor Villam and set him on fire. I ought to do that just to do it. But anyway, (laughs) but we got to learn how to control our thumb tongue. These are just some ways that sparks can spread all over the world. The tongue, so we can say from this that the tongue impacts. So number two, the tongue has been a problem since the day we were born. The tongue has been a problem since the day we were born. Let me, let me put it to you like this. Did you ever have to teach your kids how to say something negative? Did you ever have to sit your kids down and, and go through negative 101? Right? Did you ever have to teach them how to say no or get sassy? Did you ever have to teach them how to, how to give you an attitude? No. Right. I mean, anybody, anybody teaching their kids how to be bad. It's something you don't have to teach, right? It's just natural. It, it came to you natural, Right. It has a lot to do with your, your selfish ambition, with your flesh, but it has, a lot to do with, it has a lot to do with the world that we live in today, right? They pick up attitudes everywhere. You'd have to lock them in a closet, and then I guarantee they'd still have an attitude, right? But it's something we're born with. It's been a problem since the day you were born. You never had to teach that. You never had to teach them how to be negative. Number three, the tongue is humanly untamable. Oh, that's a big statement. The tongue is humanly untamable. In other words, you can't tame the tongue yourself. It's humanly impossible to tame the tongue. No one can tame it. It's outright evil. It's Kind of depressing, isn't it? You know, you're naturally going to say something. And if you're not careful, you'll live a life with soap in your mouth. Right? Some people, some of you, you don't have to be asked for your opinion. You give it freely, don't you? Even when people don't want to hear your opinion. Right? I remember the first time I was accused of being opinionated. I got offended. Can I just be honest? I, I'm not opinionated. That's my opinion. Right? Right? But some people don't have to give you permission to speak. You just speak. Right? You don't wait for your turn. Come on. There's, there's what the the word I'm looking for here. There's, there's like when you're having a, there's conversation etiquette. Okay. And some of you don't have that. I mean, you'll cut somebody else off in a heartbeat. It's like being on high 10 and somebody just (laughs) cuts you off. And hang on. I was about to say something. Right. It's just natural. It just comes. I mean, it's just, it's humanly untamable. And I know your heart, you really don't want to be like that, but you are. Aren't you? You control the conversation. What's funny is you get some people that you got to pull words out of their mouth. And then you get other people that you're trying to stuff them back in. You're like, man, can I get a word in? Time out. Can we take a TV time out? I need some water. My, My mouth's dry and just. Listening to you, it's humanly untameable. But let me give you some good news is divinely tameable with the right help. You can tame your tongue. James point of his message was not to tell the church that you it's impossible to to tame your tongue. He's saying it's impossible in your own strength to tame your tongue. You going to need. In other words, you gonna need some help with your tongue. Look at your neighbor. And say you need some help. Say to him, you need some speech therapy. <laughs> and for some of you Cajuns, that's true. And nobody can understand you. <laughs> right? Number four, the tongue is twisted. <laughs> How can a rice field produce tomatoes or a satsuma tree produce peppers? They can't. It's impossible, Right? But it's funny that the tongue can say hope, help, and love. Then in the next minute, say death, doom, and destruction. The tongue can bless and curse. Or it can help and hurt. And it's your tongue. And if you're sitting here today and you think, well, I've never said anything like that to anybody. And you're fooled. Right? Because we've all said something stupid to somebody at the wrong time. Right? With what Pastor Bubba and Tracy are walking through right now. There's all kinds of people saying stupid stuff. People that I want to go wring their necks. But that's not going to work. You know, sometimes I can I can be like this. I can wake up in the morning in the best mood. Say my little prayer on my way to the coffee pot, right? Come on. You got your phone in one hand. And you, all I'm looking for is a coffee pot. I mean, I can't hardly see. It's just, get me to the coffee pot. It's. You, know, you kind of got that old swag till you, till you get to the, the holy coffee pot, right? And then you can receive a text message from the bedroom to the coffee pot. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to get them! It's so good. I can taste my coffee. And you look down and you're like, what? Huh? You ever have that? You ever have something like, when you're in a great mood? Maybe you're getting ready to go out on a, wife with your, uh, on a date with your wife. Y'all know what I meant. Maybe you're getting ready to go out on a date with your wife. I mean, you've been planning and preparing. You've been, you've been, you're going to surprise her right now. Come on. That's how we roll, right? (laughs) Trying to speak it in. And then all of a sudden somebody can say something. How about your relationship with your wife or your husband? Isn't that one pretty sensitive? The least little thing can set off a bomb. Right. I mean, as a man, sometimes, you know, you've, you've taken her out on the date and you're heading home and you got plans. Right. And if you're not careful, you can say something stupid that can mess up all the plans. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. So this is what I've learned. After I eat, I shut up. Just listen. I'm just listening, baby. I'm just listening. Well, how do you feel about it? I'm just listening. Well, why are you not saying no? I'm just, I want to hear what you got to say. Well, why is that? Because I don't want to say nothing stupid. Because I got plans. And I don't want to mess my plans up. Come on, somebody. I just need to learn how to keep my mouth shut. Funny story. I remember being eight or nine years old. And at that time, I was kind of starting to hit a growing spurt, and I was starting to pass all my cousins up. I lived with right next door to all my cousins, and I was just starting to hit a little growing spurt. And I, everybody could see I had a big structure. I was going to be a big kid, eventually be a big man. <clears throat> it was prophesied. And uh, <laughs> I remember one of my cousins was down, and he said to me, he said, uh, ball, you're getting big. You like playing football? I said, oh, yeah, I like playing football. Yeah, man. Yeah. You like getting rough playing football? Oh, yeah, I like getting rough. He said, man, you're going to play for the Dallas Cowboys. I ain't playing for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm playing for the Saints. And he spoke, you're playing for the Cowboys. And you know what else you're going to do? You're going to bounce at a club. You're going to be a bouncer one day. And he said that to me. And i never forget it. He said, you're going to bounce in a bar one day. I'm like, what the hell? What, what's a bouncer? He's like, well, it's the guy that gets to beat everybody up that's not acting right. I said, like, oh, that sounds pretty fun. I played college football at Magna State University, and if I wouldn't have been such an idiot, I possibly could have made it to the NFL. Wow. I, I wouldn't have been, like, drafted. I'd have had to be like a walk-on. <laughs> but I could have made it, okay? There was potential there to make it. But I failed out of school. But while I was in college, I bounced at Cowboys nightclub. Cowboys nightclub. You see it? It's kind of funny, isn't it? But he spoke that over me. I didn't grow up wanting to be a bouncer. My mama had no plans for me to be a bouncer. My mama wanted me to stay away from cowboys, right? But your words do things. They give life and they give death. They prophesy. Come on. You got to be careful what you say. So let's let's go into this. How do we tame our tongue? It's a good question. I'm glad you want to know that. How do we tame our tongue? Psalms 19.14 says this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's another prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. You got to think about your words, right? You need to be praying for your tongue, Right? Pray for your tongue. You may need to pray in tongues. Just to keep you from saying something stupid that everybody can understand. So let me give you three ways to tame the tongue. Number one is to pause. You need to just pause. Very simple, very practical. You just need to pause. Sometimes you need to learn the art of biting your tongue. Right? Because I'll guarantee you this. As soon as you leave here, you're going to get around somebody that you want to say something to real bad. And you have an opportunity to practice this and go. And people may look at you and go, you okay? You're not feeling good today? You're awfully quiet. I'm good. I'm good. You, you, you got a tongue yet? Uh-uh. Tongue's hurting right now, but. You may need to pause. You need to, James says you need to be slow to speak. You need to hold your words until you got them under control. You heard that hold them until you got them under control. For some of you, that may be a couple days. Seriously. Right. (laughs) There are days I wish I could just, I could just take words back. I'll just be honest with you. I can remember some stupid things that I've said to people at a stupid time. And I'm just embarrassed. I'm still embarrassed today. I'm going, God, I can't believe I said that. Idiot. I forget one time when I was in a Bible study at a restaurant early one Friday morning. And the waitress was coming in and out. And the guy sitting next to me goes, hey, so when are you due? And she goes, I'm not pregnant. You get my point? Don't say that. Don't say that. You bring up the conversation in a roundabout kind of way, right? You don't say that. Pause. You got to hold your words. Put your tongue on pause before you retaliate. You know, some of you, it may be the art of walking away. Can I tell you, my wife and I have had to learn how to do that because, you know, we don't always agree. I know you didn't know that, but we don't always agree. We don't always get along. We don't always smile at each other. Sometimes we make a statement like this. Do you still love me? And she'll go, yeah, I still love you. I'm like, do you still like me? <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> me no like you right now. Sometimes we just got to walk away, right? If you give things are starting to get heated, walk away. What do you do when you walk away? You go and you pray. And you ask God to help you with your tongue, help you with your heart, right? That's what you really need to be praying Lord, help me with my heart. The second thing you need to do, the second way to tame the tongue is to ponder. So you need to pause, you need to stop, and then you need to ponder. You need to say no to the motor mouth madness. You need to pray, Lord, help me think before I speak. You ever remember going to the dentist as a kid? And, and after he's finished torturing you, he brings you out and he may give you a little toy, but he usually, you're more interested in the toy, but he usually sent your mama home with a new toothbrush. And it's like the latest, greatest toothbrush. How many of you remember when the tongue scraper came out? You I mean, they always had the front of the toothbrush with the brushes, but then they, always, they came out with the, the one with the thing on the back with the ridges and the bumps for you to scrape your tongue. How many of you remember that? How many of you got a, a tongue scraper right now? Good. Good. I ain't going to ask that question. But for some of us, we need to practice scraping our tongue. We need, to, we need to pray. That's what happens when you pray is you ask God to scrape this stuff off of my tongue. You follow me? And you know how it is when you, when you brush your tongue, right? You ever gag brushing your tongue? I mean, it's horrible on Sunday mornings because I drink my coffee, then I go brush my teeth. And it's something about the coffee and the toothpaste and the tongue and I'll wake people up. I mean, it's bad, but sometimes you need to pray and it may get a little gross, right? listen to me, you can go to God with how you're feeling now and with what you want to say now and you can say to him what you'd want to say to Susie but instead of saying it to Susie and starting a fire won't you go to God and say it to him then you can hear yourself say it and you can realize how bad it is then he can give you a different perspective on how he feels about it so that you can repent and turn from your way and then go see Susie with a smile on your face hey, I don't agree with what you said Right? That's what we've got to do. You've got to bring it to God in prayer. And I'm not trying to make it super spiritual. I'm just trying to make it real practical. Pray before you say. It'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. Amen? you got to pause. The second thing you need to do is you need to Ponder. To pray the Holy Spirit just scrapes all that negativity off your tongue, all that destruction. You know, our words are like elevators, they're either taking people up or they're taking people down. Did you catch that? Your words are like an elevator, it's either taking the people you're speaking to up or it's taking them down. Come on, you're either giving life or you're giving death. Let me give you this little acronym on the word think the T stands for, is it true? These are things that you need to ask yourself that you need to ponder on before you speak. Is it true? Is what I'm about to say true? Or is it just going to make me feel better? Is it true? Ponder that the H is, is it helpful is what I'm about to say going to help somebody? And, I don't, and don't get that confused. Oh, it's going to help them. Huh. It's going to help them. It's going to help me too. I'm going to feel a whole lot better after I get this off my chest. Right? Is it helpful? The I is, is, is it inspiring? Oh, I'm inspired all right. <laughs> is it inspiring? The N is, is, is it necessary? Oh, that's a good one. Is it really necessary to give them the what for? Is it really necessary to say what you're about to say? Yeah. Or is it just not necessary at all? And then the K is, is, is it kind? And if it's not any of these, then you need to keep your mouth shut. Amen. Right? I mean, for some of you, you may need to staple this on your hand. Just Absolutely. And when you get in a conversation, true, no, mm-mm, and helpful, mm-mm inspiring mm, mm, mm. I'll get back to you on that right so you need to ponder number 3 is you need to pray Matthew 12:34 says whatever is in your heart determines what you say you've heard the statement that loose lips sink ships praying lips save lives praying lips give hope life and help You know, what's funny is what goes down in the well always comes out in the bucket. Right? Whatever you're digging for down in the well, what's what's ever in your heart is going to come out in your bucket. Right? If it's life, it's coming from your heart. If it's death, it's coming from your heart. It all comes from your heart. People don't have a gossiping tongue. They have a gossiping heart. People don't have an angry tongue, they have an angry heart. They don't have a filthy mouth, they have a filthy heart. Right? Because the Bible says that you're defiled by whatever comes out of you. It's not what what goes in you that defiles you, it's what comes out of you. Right? But you got to be careful what you put into you, so that you can be careful about what comes out of you. You want fresh water, you need to have some fresh water in you. If you want to be a spring of living water to the world around you, you need to have some living water inside of you. Right? You can't go live like the world and expect to give life to somebody. Right? You got to have it to give it. It's like we talked about the beginning of last Sunday's message. how, How some of you have a hard time receiving God's love. So now you can't give his love because you don't have his love. If you ain't got it, you can't give it. Amen. So we need to pray. Whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth. Our tongue tells on our heart. You want to have a transformed mouth? How many of you say I need some help with my tongue? Let's just be real and honest this morning. I, I just I really need some help with my tongue. You know what you need to do? You need to do some work on your heart. That's how you change your tongue is with, with your heart. You ask God, like, like Pastor Zach prayed, he said, he said, he challenged, he said, just examine your heart. You know, I don't think we do enough of that as believers. I don't think we do enough of thinking about how we went this day or today. How, how did it go today? How did I do today? You know, when you're laying in bed right before you fall asleep, how did I do today? Did I hurt somebody? Did I say something stupid? Did I give an expression that maybe hurt somebody or scared somebody? You need to evaluate your heart and say, God, just, just show me my heart. Because when your heart transforms, your mouth should transform also. I remember being a young believer and me and my best friend, we were kind of coming back to Christ together and uh, we were in our early twenties and just starting to work in construction and, and everybody around us cussed. I mean like cussed professionally, had a card and everything. And man, it was so hard not to get pulled into that. So hard. I mean, I was raised in the church. I was at church three times on Sunday. I didn't need no more church. I just needed a whole lot of Jesus, right? So man, we're there and we're, we're studying our Bibles and we're trying to be disciples of Jesus and all this, but we got this cussing problem. And so we said, well, we, we challenged each other. and said, hey, bro, look, if you, hit, wait, I need to find a guy that just don't feel right with me. If you hear me cuss, hit me. Oh, yeah. Well, if you hear me cuss, you hit me. (laughs) Okay. Well, after a week and when neither one of us could lift our arms and we couldn't hit each other anymore, we were still cussing. You know, when I quit cussing. When something happened in my heart. Do I still want to cuss every day? I just going to be. I don't want to cuss every day. I am just gonna be honest with you. I do but there's something in my heart that keeps me from doing it. Right. I remember one time I blew it. I blew it on one of my employees. I went to his house. He'd done something boneheaded and stupid. I went to his house and I probably hadn't said a cuss word in 15 years. I went to his house and I said every word I wanted to say for 15 years. I'm serious. I just let, I, I broke I just wide open. And after about 30 minutes of just cussing him. Can I be honest with you for a minute? It felt good. It really did. For about 15 minutes, it felt good. But then the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. He said, well, I'm glad your flesh feels better, but I don't feel much better. Now, I want you to go back to that guy you just cussed out. And I want you to apologize. Yeah, but Lord, you, mean, you know what he did? I mean, he deserved that. No, he didn't. Because you see, you were the only salt and light in his life. And you just made your flesh feel better right in front of him. So now I go back and repent. And so I did. I'm not proud of that. I'm praying God don't ever let that happen again. And just be honest with you. I want to control what comes out of my mouth. I want to give hope. I want to give life. I want to give encouragement. Right? What does this world need today? What do the people that you run into every day need? They need hope. Right? They need life. They need to know that somebody loves them, that somebody's got something positive to say. There's plenty of darkness. We just need some more light. So many kids on drugs and doing stupid things and adults that are still doing stupid things. And you know what the problem really is, is that they were never given hope. They were never given life. They need that. Right. We should spend more time telling people what they can be. And instead of telling them what they've done. Right. Because they got a full time demon reminding them of what they did. My daddy confessed that he didn't know me for 18 years. Never once reached out, never once tried to come find me. And one day when, after God restored our relationship, I said, man, what kept you away? And he said this to me, he said, I felt too guilty. I felt like I couldn't come back. I was like, man, I was waiting for you to come back. I was hoping you would come back. You see what I'm saying? There's enough condemnation in this world. We need some hope. We need some life, right? Second Corinthians 517. I'm going to end it with this verse. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You know, you don't have to speak that way anymore. You don't have to be negative. You don't have to gossip. You don't have to be so downtrodden. You can use your tongue to be a life-giving instrument in this world. Amen? You can do that. But you're going to need some divine help. You're going to need to pray. Lord, change my tongue. Just like the psalmist prayed. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. That should be our desire. Is that our words and what comes out of our heart would be pleasing to God? Right? And you can change the atmosphere around you. If you you work in a negative environment, you can change that environment with your words, with your prayer. Right? You can change it. Can you stand up with me this morning? I just want us to pray for our tongue this morning. Can we do that? Can we do that? Enough of you confess that you need help with your tongue just like I do. Just open your hands like this this morning. Just something simple. I just want you to pray with me. I want you to pray after me. I just want to say, Lord, I need help. I need help with my tongue. James is right, Lord. It's evil. It's evil it can set things on fire. It can destroy. It can misdirect. Lord, I want my tongue to be an instrument of peace, an instrument of hope, an instrument of help. But Lord, I can't do that on my own. I need your help, Lord. Lord, I pray That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing unto you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.